Welcome to Solicited Advice to Live Your Best Life. I'm your host, Kate Hess. You're in the right place if you're tired of feeling stressed, anxious, and overwhelmed, or if your critical inner voice is the loudest voice in your head. Join me each week for actionable, healthful, and healing habits based in mental and emotional hygiene practices to help you turn your self-criticism into self-love. And along the way, bring more freedom, serenity, resilience, and joy into your life. I'm a mental and emotional hygiene coach, and I'm thrilled to join you each week to answer your questions and help you live your best life. Hi there. I'm so glad you're joining me today. Today's questioner asks, are there any helpful tips or advice that have helped you make even difficult tasks become enjoyable and fulfilling parts of life for you? What a great question. I love the awareness this question brings that no matter how much work we do to create our best life, there will be things we have to do or experience which we might otherwise wish to avoid. Last week, we talked about what to do when everything in your life feels like a chore. If you missed that episode, hop on over to nourishnestbreathe.com forward slash P9. That's P as in podcast and the number nine and give it a listen. I'm going to be offering advice in this episode, assuming you've already listened to the last one and the tasks we're talking about today are truly necessary. I touched on this last week, but a great way to shift things from feeling difficult to enjoyable is to increase your resilience. And a great way to do that is through self-care. But before we get to the self-care, let's talk about resilience for a minute. Being resilient doesn't mean you aren't bothered by things. Rather, it means that when something throws you a curveball, you're able to bounce back faster and with greater ease than if you were less resilient. Think about your favorite pair of sweats or pajama bottoms. The ones you wore so much the elastic began to stretch out more and more and more and finally gave up so you could only keep them on by tying the drawstring. For a long time, that elastic kept bouncing back into shape after being stretched out. But unfortunately, we can't revitalize elastic, so eventually it lost its resilience and was no longer able to function. Our mental, emotional, and physical well-being functions in much the same way as that elastic. When we experience stress, we become stretched, sometimes pushed to our limits. Eventually, Our resilience will diminish and we no longer have the ability to function in the way we'd like. However, unlike the elastic in your sweats, we can revitalize ourselves. Through self-care, we're able to replenish and restore ourselves. Think of it like if each time your sweats went into the wash, the elastic was magically reset back to its original elasticity. When we work on building up our resilience, the mountains in our lives begin to feel like molehills and things that once felt incredibly difficult suddenly don't feel so hard anymore. They might not be enjoyable, but we don't feel so overwhelmed and challenged by them as we might have if we were less resilient. And the key to building our resilience is consistent, sufficient, and sustainable self-care. If you're feeling like your self-care routine could use a little tune-up, check out episode four of the podcast at nourishnestbreathe.com forward slash p4. That's P as in podcast and the number four. I'll add a link in the show notes. And then get your copy of my free self-care toolkit, also on that page. With 27 pages packed full of self-care tips and techniques, it will guide you through creating a self-care routine that actually works for you and your life, 
while shifting it from just one more item on your to-do list to something you actually look forward to. I'll add a link to get your copy in the show notes as well. Today's questioner wasn't just looking for a way to make difficult things seem less difficult, though. They were looking to make them enjoyable or fulfilling, and for that, we need to turn to a mindset shift. I feel like mindset is one of those buzzwords that's getting thrown around a lot lately. And while I usually get a little nervous about buzzwords being distorted and taking on an unexpected and not always accurate meaning, I'm really glad people are talking about mindset. Because it simply means the way you think about things, quite literally, the set of your mind. And that is powerful. Because the way we think about things actually creates our experience. And if that feels really woo-woo, Stay with me for a second. There's a lot of research to back this up. Let's start with confirmation bias. This is a psychological concept that states that once you believe something to be true, you'll look for evidence to support your belief. This in turn deepens your belief. For example, if you believe parents shouldn't take their children to sit down restaurants because they can't behave, when you dine out, you'll only notice the children misbehaving. While you'll miss registering the children engaging in quiet conversation and enjoying their meal. This also works on your view of yourself and your internal experiences as well. If you believe you don't deserve to be happy, you'll be constantly looking for opportunities to be unhappy while missing chances to be happy. The same can be said if you think tasks shouldn't be enjoyable. In that case, you'll focus on all the difficult and unenjoyable aspects while missing out on all the rewarding ones. Next, let's talk about the negativity bias. Again, this is a psychological concept. We're more likely to remember negative experiences than positive ones, and we're much more likely to have negative thoughts than positive ones. Just like with the nervous system, our negativity bias serves a survival purpose that hasn't caught up with the pace of the modern world. When most of the things we encountered on a daily basis were trying to kill us, think, Apex predators, poisonous plants when we were gathering much of our food, and people from a rival group, it was to our benefit to always be on the lookout for danger. It kept us alive. However, in the world we live in today, most of us are much less likely to encounter dangerous situations and much more likely to have positive experiences. However, we still find ourselves focusing on the negative. And then let's combine these two with studies that have found 40% of our happiness is determined by our thoughts and actions. If we're constantly focused on the negative side of things, that means we're skewing that 40% away from happiness and enjoyment. So let's talk about what this all means in our actual lives. If you believe something will be difficult, chances are it will. And if you shift your mindset to believe that it will in fact be enjoyable, then chances are It will be. For my entire adult life, if you asked me how I felt about rainy days, I would have told you I wasn't a big fan. In fact, one of the big selling points when I moved to Arizona was the number of sunny days and the lack of rain. Even living in the desert where it rarely rained, I still dreaded those occasional cloudy days. But then Adam and I bought our first house after moving to Kansas City, and while the house itself is amazing, When we stepped into the backyard, we knew it was the perfect fit for us. The previous owner had poured countless hours and love into building gardens throughout the property. Our gardens are filled with flowers and plants of all kinds. From early spring to late fall, there's always something blooming outside. We have gracious old trees towering over the house and yard. 
and for much of the year, everything is lush and green until we reach mid-July, when, despite the humidity, the heat of summer begins to parch the earth and the plants start to wilt and droop by midday. I have to go out each morning and each evening to water the vegetables and any other plants which appear to be at a critical thirst level. Our first summer here, for the first time since I can remember, I'd hopefully search the weather forecast for predictions of rain. Because, for the first time, rain didn't mean an absence of sun. It meant a break and nourishment for the plants. A chance to get a much-needed drink of water and respite from the hot sun. Gray days now make me hopeful. Fingers crossed that they bring a bit of rain with them. I still love sunny days. The bright, cheerful sun creates rainbows on our walls, and it makes the drops of water the birds splash out of the bird bath sparkle. And it also feeds the plants. But I love the cloudy, rainy days now, too. The world around me didn't change. I did. I shifted my mindset, allowing myself to see the positive aspects of something I'd always resented. So thinking of a difficult task you're facing, is there some way to shift the way you approach it so it becomes something you look forward to instead of something you dread? Here's another question to ask yourself. Does something have to be difficult? Recently, I've been working to remove the word hard from my vocabulary. In the past, I might have said the process of self-discovery was hard work, but I've come to realize that means I'm setting an expectation for myself. Maybe instead, the self-discovery process can feel easy or joyful. But going back to that confirmation bias, if I think it will be difficult, chances are it will be. Another way to look at this is to focus on the why behind those tasks you'd rather not do. We covered this in depth in episode two of the podcast. You can listen to that episode and get the worksheet and discover your why at nourishnestbreathe.com forward slash p2. That's P as in podcast and the number two. To recap the importance of finding your why. When we identify and focus on the why behind the difficult tasks we're facing, we lift some of the heaviness from them. They cease to be something we have to do and become a means to an end. Even if you enjoy the process of getting from A to B, you're much more excited about the journey when you're looking forward to arriving at point B. But if you're dreading the journey, when you're eager to reach point B, it makes it much easier to get started. And at this point, you might be thinking, okay, Kate, I get it. I've found my why, and I've worked on a mindset shift to reframe the experience from a negative one to a positive one. But honestly, we're still talking about scrubbing the bathroom, and no matter how much I love a clean bathroom, I'm struggling to make this fun. And I get it. Growing up, each person in my family had a chore. I actually volunteered to scrub the bathrooms because after I was finished scrubbing them, I was allowed to use watercolors to paint a mural on the shower wall. It was usually gone by the next week, but I loved painting those murals. I don't really remember scrubbing the bathroom, but I do remember spending hours dreaming up designs and painting them on the bathroom. Let's take this a step further. For those necessary tasks that feel more like something you need to get through rather than something you might enjoy, try gamifying them. Think of Mary Poppins. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in the most delightful way. Here are a few options to try gamifying your chores. Can you clean the house in the time it takes you to listen to the current episode of your favorite podcast? 
Try putting on your favorite Pandora or Spotify station and having a dance party while cooking dinner. Break a chocolate bar into pieces and have a bite every time you complete a page in the report you're writing. Or plan a fun outing with your family or a friend as the prize when you finish a big project. Pick something that feels joyful, fun, or ignites your competitive spirit and focus on that, not the actual chore. The key ingredient here is making sure you follow through on any promises you make to yourself. If you don't, it'll be much harder to incentivize yourself the next time you try this technique. Okay, let's review. In episode nine and episode two, we covered how to review and trim your to-do list so you've taken off all the stuff that isn't really necessary. But even once you've done that, there will still be things you'd rather not do. To shift those tasks from difficult to enjoyable, build your resilience with consistent, sufficient, and sustainable self-care. Focus on mindset shifts to help you see the silver lining in these activities. Identify and focus on the why behind the task. And then gamify. Find a technique that works for you to take the chore from difficult to exciting. I'd love to know which of these ideas resonated the most with you. Which are you excited to begin implementing in your daily life to shift what were once difficult activities to fulfilling or enjoyable endeavors? You can always reach me at kate at nourishnestbreathe.com. My inbox is always open. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode. Please hit subscribe wherever you receive podcasts. If you've got a question that you'd love to hear addressed on a future episode, please submit it using the form on my website at nourishnestbreathe.com forward slash podcast. I'll include that link in the show notes along with links to all of the resources I've mentioned today. And remember, living your best life isn't about changing your life. It's about changing the way you show up for your life. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Solicited Advice to Live Your Best Life. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a rating and review wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Your rating and review makes it possible for other people just like you to discover this podcast. And don't forget to check out all of my free resources at nourishnestbreathe.com forward slash resources. I'm sending you a great big hug. You've got this.